And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton. I wondered who you were. Um, I'm <laughs> Steffi Barnett on today's show, Bottomless Drag the Brunch. Uh, and the Masquerade Club. The club was the world for three young guys in the 70s and we'll be finding out more. Uh, all that and more here today on Shout Out with me, Andy Shilton. Yay! <laughs> Trust you. Trust me. Trust you. Trust me. I'm a radio presenter. I have a, I have a t-shirt with that on it. Trust me, I'm a radio yeah. presenter. Yeah. Uh, never. Yeah. Never. Never do that. No. 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 So you're Never trust children. a radio presenter. No, never. No. So, I've only listened to a little bit, but it sounds, sounds like you had quite a hoot at the brunch. Oh, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, we got to interview all three of the new drag queens. Um, Alad was there, obviously, um, comparing, as only Alad can, or Miss Beaver. Actually, Alad wasn't there, it was Miss Beaver. Yeah, I was say, <laughs> the I'm, alter I'm sure ego. he said Alad stays at home and babysits the kids or something. Yeah, he? he did. Yeah, so it was a follow-on from last, last week's show. Yeah. So we popped into the piano picture and had a chat uh, with and the then queens. The, and then the Masquerade Club. I know that's such a story. Mm. The interview goes on. It, I mean, I had to cut out about twenty minutes, and it's still eighteen minutes long. Mm. So interesting chatting to John about um, his friendship with Holly Johnson and uh, Pete Burns. Mm. They all grew up together mm. and went clubbing. Great photo that I put on the promo as well. So if you're on Twitter um, and Instagram, go and have a look at the photo that John supplied. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. yeah, and I can't remember who mentioned it last week, but um, the Moulin Rouge, which was a gay club in Bristol, um, was picked up, and um, um, there was an article. I think it was in the Bristol Post about yes, it. Yes, it was. Yes, it was um, in the Bristol Post yeah. history pages. He's, he's been known as the Mooley. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You remember it, don't you? <laughs> up by the Downs. <laughs> uh, actually, no. <laughs> I was going down that route. I was going to gay clubs, but not that one. No. Well, usually up here actually I used to go up to London a lot did you? yeah to the Way Out Club oh, that, is that still running? Yeah, it was near, running for years wasn't it? it was around the back streets near Tower Bridge yeah, I remember being on the fridge that was in Brixton oh yes yes that was a very um, well they, they had a club. Saturday night called um, Love, Love Muscle. Muscle that went on for years <laughs> yes. um, Love Muscle at the fridge yeah. yeah maybe we shouldn't talk about that yeah okay well <laughs> and uh <laughs> Yeah, it was very, very well acclaimed. It, 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 it's gone now, isn't it? I think the the venue itself is also gone. Yes, I think so. Like lots so. of venues, sadly. indeed, indeed. So, right. Well, we haven't got much very, time. No, very we packed have show. To move on. Yeah, we'll I know. Squeezing it in. Push there. the button, Mr. Yeah. Shelton. So, oh, the one that turns you off. There you go. There you go. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> worked. Right. Okay. Come back in a minute. You listen. Shout out. The shout out podcast. <laughs> 
That's uh, Dead or Alive. You spin me around. Yep. Yeah. Frank Burns. Um, sorry, Pete, Pete Burns, Burns singing. Pete Burns. Frank Burns. No idea. Who is Frank Burns? Completely different. Yeah. But what Hello, a Hillary Barnett. Yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence that that was a hit. This yep. That was it. That was number one this week. 37 years ago in 1985 yeah. and so was um, Holly Johnson Frankie Goes to Hollywood was, was also in the chart uh, was also in the chart a year before this week a year before in 1984 it was number three in the charts coincidence that we mm. feature them in our interview yes mm. well we've got Relax mm. yes which is by Frankie Goes to Hollywood yeah. which is a Banger, a it was their, banger. Their, their first hit, um, and originally the the promo uh, demo was uh, demoed on the tube. Yeah. Yes, on Channel Four, and of course was immediately banned by the BBC and got straight into the charts. Yes, <laughs> thanks to Mike Reed. Was it Mike yeah. Reed sort of like took it off the turntable and said he wasn't going to play it because yes. it was obscene? But <laughs> yes, so that was, was, a, bit like, number one that was a bit like Queen's hit, wasn't it? They wouldn't play it because it was so long, yeah, and that was what made Rats it a hit. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, do you want to introduce your piece? Yeah, there's nothing much to introduce. It speaks for itself, and John certainly does. Well, you know on this show that we don't just stop at LGBTQIA History Month. We keep that history going because it's so important. I'm joined by uh, John Detoot. And um, John, you looked back at Liverpudlian history in the 70s and 80s, and that revolved around a nightclub. Tell me a bit about that. Yes, the nightclub was called the Masquerade Club. Mm. And at that time, um, none of the gay clubs would let us in. There was myself, uh, Pete Burns, Holly Johnson, all those. They were all friends. We were all friends. And uh, because of the way we looked, none of the gay clubs would let us in. And then somebody told us... What was that then? What you, You weren't seen as gay enough? Um, no, they they felt that we were um, we were too obvious, <laughs> and they wanted to oh keep dear. it. Yeah, I mean, it was a very difficult time in Liverpool. I have to say, in those days, the gay clubs were very kind of secretive. Um, they wanted to keep a low profile because it was dangerous, um, and then we came along and didn't want to be quiet well you wanted to enjoy yourself i guess yeah yeah absolutely and uh we were eventually told about this one club called the masquerade bar and we we all went down there and tried to get in and eventually we did and this masquerade was like an alternative world it was full of uh female and male sex workers it was full of the liverpool gangsters at the time wow it was full of the most amazing people you would get sort of sort of transvestite truck drivers in homemade <laughs> frocks dancing to bing crosby it was you know waltzing around very it was amazing yeah, absolutely inclusive, like you'd never believe. And Holly and I used to sit in the in the ladies' toilets all night. And when <laughs> some of the when some of the working girls came back, they used to work down on the docks in the in the, on the ships. Mm-hmm. Um, the most amazing women 
they were all doing it because they needed to put food on the table for their kids. Yeah. And they would come and we would spend, you know, hours and hours just talking to them. And all of them were so accepting of us. They just embraced us. Mm. So the club only lasted um, about nine about nine months to 12 months and then it closed down and it eventually reopened as the as the masquerade club number two mm-hmm. and that was much more of a that was much more of a of an open gay club right. um where the where the first masquerade was was very kind of secretive it was, you know, not very many people knew about it. What was it like when you come out, John? What age were you? Um, well, I came out, I don't think everybody says this, don't they? They were never in. Um, I never really made an issue of it because it never was an issue to me. Okay. So you um, had support from the family then, yeah? Yeah. I mean, my... Um, my dad was amazing you know i would be getting ready to go out at night and i'd have put on all my clothes and at that time we were all wearing makeup and my uh, the only thing my dad would say was i'll call you a taxi i don't think you should go on public <laughs> transport looking Not like thinking <laughs> of your safety <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah my dad was my dad was amazing um did you have much my mom, walking around town did you walk around yeah i mean oh and... yeah we did we at that time you couldn't walk down the street without abuse and then in the, uh, in the night time if leaving going to clubs and leaving clubs um so many people were attacked yeah i mean it still happens now exactly. in Liverpool, even though it's much more, it's much easier in a way, but it is still happening. But it was very, very prevalent then. Mm. And I remember the shock on people's faces when we punched back. Ah. You know, if they hit, we were kind of the first little group in Liverpool that wouldn't just stand there and take it. Mm. Um, Especially uh, Pete Burns and Lynn Burns, uh, they would, you know, the amount of times that I've seen Lynn go into the attack. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, I mean, once people began to realise that you know, there was a group of people who were not going to take it anymore. Mm. And if they hit you, we would hit them back. Yeah. We'd probably get beaten to a pulp. Yeah. But that didn't matter. Yeah, because you, you, know, you tried to defend you had, yourself. And, yeah. yeah, you had to defend yourself and you had to defend your friends. Yeah. And the lovely thing about meeting a lot of the really sort of young queer community in Liverpool now is they all say to me, you know, your generation, your particular group of people have made, did make it easier for us Mm. because 
we'll fight back as well. Were you part of when Pete and Holly started their um, singing uh, business? And were you part? Yes, yeah. Because uh, what happened is in 1977, when punk started to come in, Holly, Pete, myself, uh, somebody called Jane Casey, we all became, we all went into the music business. Mm. And uh, I personally had a band called Pink Military along with Jane. And we signed to Virgin and Warner Brothers. And then Pete formed a band and eventually Holly formed Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but I, I'd known, I think I, I think I met Holly when he was 14. Right. Did you um, did you all maintain that friendship even when you became famous and were, were yeah touring? absolutely yes yeah I mean I I um I still talk to Holly now mm-hmm. um you know we we're still in touch when I'm in London we meet up for lunch or coffee or something yeah. um, unfortunately Pete's no no longer with us as you know. Yeah. Um, was he, was Pete troubled at all when he was growing up, or was he really confident about who he was and where he was going? He was he was he was very confident, but he did have a troubled hmm. past. Um, I was very I mean I adored Pete, hmm. and he could be difficult. Yeah. And um, <laughs> but he was only ever there was another side to Pete Burns which people don't know about, and he could be incredibly kind, incredibly generous with his time, more importantly than financially. And he was very, very gentle, although he was a big guy, you know. Mm. He was he was, you know, if you crossed pete you had to be pretty sure of yourself okay um, <laughs> yeah yeah i think i still think about pete a lot mm. yeah. i think i think most people that followed um pete as as he went into th- uh, the pop world and that um yeah will always miss him um yeah i think we understand that most people have got troubles um yes but, yeah uh, yeah, it, it is sad, and he, he was a very talented man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that you know his relationship with Lynn, his his wife, until they divorced. I mean, she contributed. So she was such a collaborator for Pete. Mm. You know the the way they worked together, and mm. they were the way they worked on images and clothes and videos and you know everything else Mm. she was very important Mm. so from the masquerade club when you all went off in your different directions uh, where did your career take you john well i went into film and television Mm -hmm. and um first of all i was i was in film pr and then I got into film production and I ended up at the BBC. Mm-hmm. And I used to location and production manager a lot of their dramas. Um, and then I got, I got out of the whole thing about 
six years ago, basically, I retired. Now, tell me more about this historical piece that, that you're putting together um, and how people can actually see it. Yeah. Um, j- just before I got out of the music business, I worked with um, a guy called Pete Ray in Newcastle. And we recorded some things together, but we never we never took it anywhere Um and then about three years ago, I was in, in Newcastle. And long story, but Pete and I got in touch and we went out for lunch. And I hadn't seen him in over 30 years. Right. And he was asking me why I got out of the music industry and if I would ever do anything ever again. And I said, well... The only thing that I would ever be interested in doing is doing a kind of musical autobiography. And I would want to base it around the the club and the characters of the masquerade. Um, And I went away and I, I wrote a lot of the songs and I hadn't written anything in 30 years. And I sat down, I wrote them and demoed them very badly and sent them to Pete, who was a brilliant musician. Mm. And he interpreted them. He came back and said, I really want to do this. This should, this should be an album. Mm. So that's how it came about. And the album is all about the different characters that I met at the time and the fact that the Masquerade Club changed my life. You know, I came from a very, very um, working class background, a very tough area. And the area that I came from, you went to school and you were given a basic education. You were taught to read and write, but you weren't taught to think. Mm. You weren't taught history. You were, the boys went to work in factories and the girls had children yeah and that that was what we were bred for (laughs) so the masquerade changed my life when i went when i went to that club and walked down those stairs it was a whole new world for me and it made me realize that i didn't have to go the route that society had planned Mm -hmm. i owe everything really, to the people that I met in that first masquerade club because they they changed my life. Mm. Mm. So that's the story of the masquerade, and we recorded it. And I was very, very scared of anyone hearing it. Um, but I did send it to Holly. And luckily, Holly came back and said, I think this is amazing. You're portraying um, Liverpool in that time, mm. the gay history. And he said, you've really, you've got to release this. So we ummed and awed, and I was still adamant that I didn't want to go down the record company route. Um, I'm too old to be a pop star and not pretty enough anymore. <laughs> never too old. Never too old. And then everybody kept saying, well, 
this should be a live show. So that's what we're working on at the moment. I mean, the single is out on the 10th, which is a, a track called Sailor Jack. And it is about a real person called Jack, mm-hmm. who was a who was a sailor and he was a sex worker in, in uh, that little circle of people. And then we're looking at doing a proper live show in the autumn hopefully working with an organization in Liverpool called Homotopia. And it's going to be, it's not going to be, it's going to be almost like an interactive show. You know, we're not going to have, wherever we play this, it's going to, the club is going to be dressed as a, as a nightclub okay. with tables and chairs. And, yeah. you know, it'll be very much sort of a very sort of intimate show. Mm. Is it going to be national? Are you going to, you intend on touring? Well, yeah, I mean, at the moment, we're looking at Liverpool, Newcastle, Glasgow, Leeds, London, and we'll probably go to Brighton as well. You have to go to Brighton, don't you? <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> no, Holly had, um, as I said, he was, he was very young when I first met him. And he'd had a really, really tough time at school, you know, being bullied and... Uh, attacked and abused but he came out of it not being cowed by it it was like well no I'm just going to be who I want to be and this is who I am yeah and if you don't like it tough Mm. you know um yeah I mean we really were the, the first in Liverpool to do that because it it had been such a tough environment. Do you know if Holly was proud to have um, a record banned by the BBC? Did he jump up and down and punch the air? Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, we all want to be banned by the BBC. Yeah, well, you we? just know you're going to be number one the next day, don't well, you? Abso- absolutely. That's why they won't ban anybody anymore. No, <laughs> they no. Just, they just don't play you now. No, well, I remember when I was growing up, and uh, I think it was one of the first ones they banned on the BBC, Chatem One on Pleur by Jane Birkin and Serge Gainsborough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of my favourites. Yeah, it's in mine too. <laughs> yeah, they had to do an instrumental just for the BBC. Yeah, yeah. No, it was. John, um, it's been lovely talking to you, but we've run right yeah. out of time. And you. Um, is there any way people can keep in touch with you? Social media, website? Yes, there's a, a website, uh, talesfromthemasquerade.club. Okay. And um, the, if people go onto that, they can follow it and uh, they'll see all the pretty pictures that we've got up there. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> John, thank you so much for spending time with Shout Out. No, thank you so much. It's been lovely. Okay, take care now. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. That's a Sailor Jack. That's from the show. Yeah, that's from the show. Yeah. And um, thank you to John. He sent me the whole album um, for all the music from the show, which I will be uh, listening to over the weekend. Cool. 
I love it. I love, I love so the song. So eighties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I don't. I don't remember idea, it well. You know, because I'm young <laughs> and that. But uh, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant track. Love it. Yeah. Era of music. Big, so. big Pete Burns fan as well. I thought he was spectacular. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Really did. I know. Sorry, a bit late to the show on that one, because <laughs> you played him earlier. <laughs> Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like we said, we've got uh, Frankie Goes Hollywood coming yes. up in a bit as well. So. Can't wait. But first, we need some news headlines, if you don't mind. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is Shout Out News on Thursday, the 10th of March. An LGBTQIA plus international fundraising charity has joined in the several groups that are raising monies for LGBTQIA plus people in the Ukraine and it's nearly hit its initial total target of $500,000. Pink News reports that the New York-based humanitarian charity Outright International, which works with gay and trans groups on the ground across the, glo- across the globe, is helping local Ukrainian LGBTQIA plus organisations. They say as the invasion worsens, people are fleeing fleeing Kiev and the eastern parts of the country for rural areas and safe passage to the west, including to other EU countries. LGBTQIA plus organisations in Ukraine and surrounding countries simply do not have the resources required to meet the needs of LGBTQIA plus people turning to them for help. In addition, human rights activists across the region are concerned about protecting the lives and rights of LGBTQIA plus people since Russia has a long track record of targeting and persecuting LGBTQIA LGBTQI plus human rights defenders. In addition, Outright International has been raising awareness in the straight media about the needs of our community. Articles have already appeared in Openly, Open Democracy and Vanity Fair. The group says that over $400,000 has already been raised and notes no donation is too small. Every single penny helps. For further information, please visit www.outrightinternational.org. LGBTQIA people in Russia, meanwhile, have joined forces with many other groups, including the Feminist Resistance Group and the Anarchist led Food Not Bombs network to protest against the homophobic Russian government's attack on the Ukraine. Despite Russia closing down dissenting media switching off great swathes of the internet and jamming Western broadcasts, people are still networking against the war and resisting the government of Vladimir Putin. The British pacifist movement groups such as the Peace Pledge Union and Peace News have been in touch with resistance groups in Russia and report that some 8,100 people have so far been detained by the Russian state for protesting the war. According to disturbing footage collected by activists and leaked to the West, the police in the country are assaulting and beating many people, Tactic, which will come as little surprise to LGBTQIA plus people who have tried to organise in the country. Meanwhile, despite jamming by the Russian state, the BBC World Service has resumed shortwave broadcasts to Russia and the Ukraine, whilst Radio Ukraine International itself is being transmitted via facilities in the United States. Shortwave is considered obsolete by some people, but millions of radio sets still pick up shortwave transmissions. Like the internet, oppressive governments cannot switch these off and instead have to go to the expensive lengths of causing radio interference to them. Bristol Feminist Collective, a trans-inclusive and intersectional feminist network, invited all women to join them on International Women's Day for a march from College Green in the city at six o'clock. 
They said Bristol joined Women's Strike and Sisters Uncut demonstrations in London, Liverpool, Plymouth and Edinburgh. We mobilise because we want to live. It is not even a year since Sarah Everard was killed and yet the state expects us to forget that it was a serving policeman who murdered her. Women die and are dying every day from domestic violence while support services are continuing to be cut. The Policing and Crime Bill uses the language of protecting women but explicitly targets those of us most at risk. Migrants, trans women, sex workers, women of colour, GRT communities, trans women are attacked and the British press laughs at us when we mourn. The hostile and racist immigration system tightens around women facing deportation, drowns our sisters at sea when they try to seek safety and criminalises us, our sisters, for speaking out. The West Country-based HIV charity The Brixstow Project has beaten off stiff competition to be one of ten winners of the 2022 GlaxoSmithKline Impact Awards. The awards are now in their 25th year and were inaugurated in 19... 19- 98 to quote recognize the outstanding work of small and medium-sized charities working to improve people's health and well-being in the uk this year's winners will receive forty thousand pounds in unrestricted funding as well as expert support and leadership development provided by the leading health and care charity the king's fund in particular the judging panel was very impressed with brigstow's work with vulnerable communities such as people from african heritage backgrounds who are often diagnosed later than other groups commenting on the award rami Gali, the chief executive of brigstow said quote we're thrilled to receive this award which recognizes the hard work and achievements of staff volunteers and trustees we're particularly proud to be recognized for our peer support services peer support is an approach to supporting people through shared experiences experiences that has influenced every aspect of our work since its introduction into our services it proves that people living with long-term health conditions can be proactive participants in supporting their own communities Swindon and Wiltshire Pride have, with much regret, announced that the planned Pride Festival for this year will not go ahead. In a press release, the organisers said that the old committee, having finished their work and resigned last year, that no new committee members had come forward from the LGBTQI plus community to carry on the work of Pride 2022. The Pride group will continue to fundraise with a view to hold both a similar mini-event later this year and a full-scale Pride event in 2023. If you fancy getting involved and working toward next year's Swindon Pride, then the committee would like to hear from you. Their website is swindonwiltshirepride.co.uk. And finally, Virgin Radio says that gay comic, gay comic Tom Allen is to host a new comedy programme for the Dave TV network, which will be an anarchic riff on Radio 4's legendary Desert Island Discs. In each episode, four comedians will go head-to-head as they develop ideas for their dream island, letting their imaginations and fantasies fly. Allen said, At a time when so many of us have fantasised about living on an island far away from the people around us, I couldn't be more excited to be hosting this fun, original show whilst putting comics through their paces to demonstrate that utopia is a very difficult thing to achieve for these news stories and much more we update our website every day so please visit shoutoutradio.lgbt for shoutout news this has been terry star and ezra peregrine shoutout news national and international lgbt news for you those pesky gay tomics, honestly. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Shout out podcast. Happy Adam! <laughs> With? Right, 
introduce yourself and where you're from. Hi darlings, my name's Dee Delicious. I'm from London. I'm a 19-year-old drag artist. Um, I do drag full-time as my job and yeah, I like to twirl about, have fun. It's really fun to do cities outside of London because I like to branch out, travel a lot, see the other scene and get to know the drag around the country. I think it's the best way to develop your own drag and also it's just fun to meet new people. How long have you been traveling around the country? Um, so actually, I, I, I usually only do Manchester. This is the first time going to Bristol, London. I've done Leeds, Birmingham, uh, usually based in London most of the time. So I've been doing drag for about, uh, since August 2019, awful at math, so I can't calculate that for you, but. We're sensational. I, I just, you know, the talent, oh, the talent so that is much. up and coming is oh, extraordinary. Babe. And I really feel like new, new drag artists need kind of more airtime. Yeah. You know, like they need to be represented in the scene. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah. I mean, anyone could do it. You just have to have that drive and that confidence. Um, and willing to break a few limbs, pull a few hamstrings <laughs> if you're going that way like me. He needs all their ribs, right? <laughs> I mean, babe, I'm going to get to 25 and I'm going to be in a wheelchair. Watch me. <laughs> we would have had a really good time getting there. And now you're going home to relax or going home to Oh, work? no, I'm going straight to another gig. Oh, wow. <laughs> Off the train, yeah, getting on the train like this, fully padded, in makeup. No. Straight to the next gig. Excellent. Living that life. Oh, of course, living the life. I will. Oh, thank you so much, guys. Have a good day. Hi, my name is Brandy, and I'm from Los Angeles, California, and now living in London. So you just thought you'd pop over? I thought I would. I thought I'd come take over. No, I'm kidding. No, you no. You did. Yes, I did. Great thank you. Like the cat. Did you? Yeah. The Catwoman. I, I love was, it. Meow. I was a bit scared for you getting up on the sides because you were wearing quite high heels, uh, weren't you? Well, they say we have nine lives, so, you know, you I mean, nothing scares me, baby. You used a couple of them today. I, well, actually, I still have all of them, baby. Don't be fooled, okay? So where do you normally do your acts? Uh, London. I'm, I'm now based in London. Um, I actually used to live in Bristol, but now I'm living in London, and I do work all throughout London, have a nightclub, Circa, Embankment, the Soho House brand. Um, and even Parliament, I mean. <laughs> what's, what's the UK scene as opposed to the US scene? Well, you know what? I think that now since we're connected through social media and through television, I think that there are pretty much uh, a, lo a lot of, um, other than the culture and obviously the accent, and um, it's very <laughs> yeah, similar now. I mean, it's very similar. I think that now we're most focused at, at, on people as in individuals and um, respect everyone's art rather than just putting them in a box and, and yeah. saying, okay, this is UK drag and this is... American drag because yeah. at the end of the day it's you know, an act it's, it's an good. act and yeah. it's worldwide I mean I'm American yeah. but now I very much represent for the UK as well yeah. you know yeah. so I think that I think a lot of countries are now multicultural and I think that we represent a lot of things across the board yeah. so I'm excited to see where the future of drag did life takes us did you do drag in the States? I did I've been doing drag for 14 years now wow. I'm 34 years old yeah oh thank you yes I was 20 years old when I started and I'm still start trying to make it you know but you they what they say you got to fake it till you make it and everything yeah. about me is fake so I guess I'm doing a good job <laughs> at it okay <laughs> well it was certainly a good act we loved it we really did oh thank you thank um, you for coming I mean I love the energy Bristol has like a special place in my heart I used to live here for two and a half years and really the UK in general is where I found myself as a drag artist you know I've been doing this for 14 years but you really have to go out of your get out of your comfort zone in order for you to find yourself and coming out here having to reinvent myself having to create a new network and start over from scratch really kind of challenged me and showed me that I am where I belong and this is what I do and this is what I love to do and I just can't wait to see what the future brings in. Yeah, 
Day by day, and I mean it's exciting, but it's also it's not it's, it's not easy by any means. So yeah. don't be fooled by you know all the glamour. It is hard, and it is a yeah. job. But um, you know, and yeah. yeah. Are you back to London now? For I am. Gig? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I yes. I finished last yes this morning at 4 a.m. Got wow. on the train down to Bristol. Got to go back to London to do another show. Then I'm doing brunch tomorrow, and next gig, next gig, next gig. Wow. <laughs> Did you get a day off? Um, uh, not anytime soon. But it's okay. I, I mean, I I, I don't have much time left honey it's either now or never i may I, okay so i'm just working until i ain't got no more gigs to work <laughs> <laughs> well good luck in the future we hope you see you in Aww, bristol soon. thank you darling i hope so too yeah, thank, thank you, you so much Mwah, thank you hello world i am dominique fleek i am the trans feminine princess of bristol performing today at the pitch and piano drag brunch now what always amazes me is that people who do rap remember all the lyrics so as a live performer I can actually vouch for this rehearsal time is key yeah I think a lot of the time I've been doing drag for seven years to give my age away um, and performing lip-syncing or go-go dancing is one thing it's easy to turn around and forget lyrics and just you know mind you're fine to be a live performer really means rehearsal time and not too much prosecco at brunch before yeah. you perform. I think that meant a lot to the audience as well that they could see you Something actually live. singing live. Yeah, yeah. You've got a great voice. How long have you been doing drag in Bristol? So I've been performing since I was 18 and I'm 25. Wow. So seven long years. I'm about to be 26, so eight years. Um, and I started out just in the hopes of, I guess, discovering my gender identity, feeling the feminine side a lot more than the masculine and it was it was a place for me to discover that without feeling like it was too serious yeah. so do you identify as trans trans okay. yes okay. Um, and i'm really proud it's only in the past six seven months that i'm actually confident enough to speak about it oh, but wow. it's been obviously a lifelong journey for me so it's really important for me especially as a bristol rep yeah. to actually talk about it as opposed to i mean we just had brandy x on stage yeah. right trans queen and she's killing it but to have someone from our home city that's representing the girls i think is really really cool yeah do you go around the country at all or do you stay um, so i'm actually in talks about london with brandy but other than that it's been strictly bristol for the past couple of years covid's really changed a lot of drag um because i started off on the festival circuit like i say so we would do Glasgow, we would go to cardiff we would go to london manchester whatever events are happening okay but with covid coming into place and then there a lot of local queens have to stay local right so. okay so are you planning to do pride I mean, if I get booked. <laughs> we tried to torture Alan the other day live on the show. Yeah. But he wasn't about a lineup. He wouldn't tell us. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe after today we'll see Dominique Fleek at Pride. Okay. If she's putting enough work, maybe she will be. Okay, thank you for that. If not, you can find me at Drag Queen Bingo. You can find me at anything that I'm promoting on my own. And if you want to hook up and do any photo shoots, you've got a model right in front of you. Okay. What's your social media? Tell us what your Twitter is and your uh, So Instagram. I don't use Twitter. It's only for my OnlyFans, which I won't share for everybody. Okay. But my Instagram account is Dominique Fleek. Dominique with a Q and Fleek with a K. Okay. And it's an open account anyone can follow. And I would love to see everyone support the cause and get a girl where she wants to be. For every gig that I do, I'm one step closer to my boobs. 
<laughs> Good target, Dominic. Good target. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you and very much. And we will be following you. And we will be broadcasting live for Next Pride. Time. So if you're there... Well, I will be there representing a brand or two anyway. I'm usually booked to do at least a bit of commercial okay. promoting. So I'll be there. Well, we grab you and have a chat we'll have live a date. on air. We'll have a date. It's yes, there. And the sun will be out, so my boobs will be too. Thank you. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. Uh, Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart. Great track, Andy. Uh, 1990... Who wants to go? Well, you were 18, so... (laughs) What was that, 1916? No, <laughs> that was you. 1991? Oh, yeah, of course. That was 1902, wasn't it? That was uh, 1996. And of course, the original was actually it? was a slow version, and then and they did what they did with the lot, because you remember they also did it with Don't Cry Argentina. They made dance versions of everything, didn't they? They make dance versions of absolutely <laughs> yeah. every track, yeah. Yes. Can I ask our drag expert why drag queens all sound like Kim Kardashian? They don't all sound like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Only the lucky ones yes. sound like Kim. So okay. give us some examples of the differences. <laughs> what between the Kardashians? Yeah, yeah. It's do a Kardashian. So, like Kim Kardashian speaks really slowly, like she's thinking about everything. <laughs> and then, and then you have um, another Kardashian because I can't think of that. It's like really high patch, and everything's like really super annoying. <laughs> Can you tell the difference there? They were yes. both super annoying. Yeah, they were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry if we've got any Kardashian fans. I was applauding their um, their business, though. Yes, their you business were. ethics, yeah, or whatever you and want to call Rihanna's, it. Rihanna's as well. Yeah, Rihanna's uh, in another league in, for know, charity a, giving she, and yeah, her makeup her line. Her makeup line, which has earned her billions, apparently. Yeah, one of the richest women in the world. Yeah. Mm. Like, nice gosh. villain, Barbados. She's got a lot of nice villas, but she she gives something like twenty odd percent of her income to charity. So mm. yeah, and she does a huge mm. amount for women and people of colour and the LGBTQI plus community and homeless and all sorts. So mm, that's cool. That's yeah. good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And like Annette said, I think you wanted to talk about. Oh. Oh yes, that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and, um, and they I use the phrase loosely, well, but I think they can yeah. all agree. It was. Um, <laughs> you thought I, I, I caught you off guard. I thought you had it all right there, ready to go. Hang on, you? I need my glasses. That's the issue. <laughs> um, that's because you were born in 1916. That's it? correct. <laughs> well done, Andy, for pointing that out again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Horse and cart. Yeah. You, Here we come. Are you boring the listeners now? <laughs> Italian Archbishop Carlo Maria Vegan, who once arranged a meeting between homophobe Kim Davis and the Pope is back on his conspiracy theories. He's been having a go at the Ukrainian um, president, Zelensky, for being too LGBTQ friendly because he just happened to dress up in female clothing and well once on his TV show yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and he's just gone off on one he is an utter fruit loop now that is the official (laughs) Ofcom term (laughs) for for absolute numpties Um, who are part of the Catholic Church and he's really gone to town on this you um, yeah I can't read most of it out because it just drives me nuts I think (laughs) I've just punched I've just punched my iPad don't do I think he's yes uh, an eccentric figure and has been making similar statements yeah he's even promoted I was going to say you recognised the name didn't you I didn't so I did I'm trying to avoid people like that anyway 
Uh, anyway, that's it for this week's show. Uh, if you'd like to be on a show or even get involved in reporting for Shout Out, we would absolutely love to hear from you. We would. And Steph will we say would. her line when she finds her script again. Well, <laughs> I've got my script now, so head over to our home online, shoutoutradio.lgbt, where you can contact us, find out more about us, and grab any podcast that you might fancy. You've got the letters <laughs> running the wrong way, Mr. Shelton. Podcast. Uh, next week, it's the diary of, well, uh, somebody that you'll have to join exactly. us to find out. So. Mm-hmm. But from myself, from Andy, from Steph, from Ez, and from Terry, say bye-bye, everyone. Bye-bye. 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 Shout out. LGBT radio for you.